the Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. This is Coach Ball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Coach Mo, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen, joining you today from Asheville, North Carolina. Let's see whose paddles are in the fence today. We have from Portland, Maine, the one and only Linda Einsiedler. Linda, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Chris. And going all the way over to Boise, Idaho, it's Kathy Ghetto. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. And Kathy's twin sister down in uh, right outside of Reno, Nevada, it's Carol Amos. Carol, how are you? I'm great. We have had a lot of listener questions coming in over the past few weeks, and they all seem to have one certain theme. And that is they are rules questions. Really, there's nobody better than Linda Einsiedler to uh, clarify some of these rules that can be very confusing. And a lot of times you you'll, you can play for months or even years and not have a certain situation come up. And then uh, some fluke happens and uh, it's like, gee, I don't know what the rule is on that. Here's a question that we got from Randy in Warrington, Virginia. And Randy wants to know... He's said, what's the deal with entering the kitchen after a volley? He said, the way it's written, you can't even go in after the ball is dead. But what's the time limit, Randy asks. And uh, my understanding is that there is no time limit, uh, that you really can't go in. But Linda, I wanted to pose that to you and see what your take on it is. Um, That is correct. That is rule 9C. Player's momentum, if you hit the ball and the momentum of that shot carries you in, even though then the ball gets played, boom, back and forth, and then the ball ends, and then the player falls in, it's still a kitchen fault. There's no time limit. that, And I see a lot of discussion about that on the Ambassador Forum, but your kitchen fault due to momentum trumps other faults that happen after that. There's actually um, a question on the USAPA rules test specifically about that. When I first started playing, uh, there was a gentleman who he would hit and then, uh, but he would he would kind of balance himself for a couple of seconds, and then he would step in. But he would always say, "Well, no, look, the ball's way over there in the corner. The ball's not even moving. It's a dead ball." And so I can step in. And at the time, I had just I was just starting, so I didn't know the difference. But uh, I quickly found out otherwise, and learned that no, you could uh, you could stand there all day, twirling your arms around, holding your balance until you go ahead and and plant your feet. The point is not over until you are settled and you're not going to step in, correct? Exactly. Sometimes I tell people that it's kind of like when you watch uh, gymnastics and they stick that landing and a lot of times, you know, they'll come up and they'll be doing their arms and getting their balance because they want to stick it and they don't want to take that step. But uh, I said, you know, they can stand there all day and uh, and do that. But until they're done, until they're in a perfect balanced position, that vault is not over with. And so neither is the point. 
Right. What other uh, things have come up? Carol, Kathy, any strange rules questions that uh, tend to come up frequently when either of you play? I had one that happened the last two tournaments I was at, not on my play, but heard about them. And it involves the crossbars. Oh, yes. And also if the if the middle post has a footing. And it depends, I think, I'm not quite sure, and I, good thing Linda's here, but I think it depends on which side of the play the ball comes down on. Is that correct? Now, what do you what do you mean exactly by crossbars? You mean the- you know uh, on the netting on the crossbar, if if the ball goes over the net and hits the crossbar, like it kind of rolls down the net, hits a crossbar, and then keeps going on the play. Oh, I, I see. So you mean like on the portable net system? Correct. correct. And you've got the the tubing at the bottom. Correct. And so the ball, say the ball comes over the net, and then it hits the bar. Say it, mm-hmm. it just barely gets over the net. It hits the little, the the kind of light green bar that's down there. Yes. Um, is it a dead ball or can it hit the floor and can you pick it up off the floor? Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay, that's a good one. I've never, I've never run across that. And also the footing on that middle supportive post on the portable nets too. Oh, okay, yeah, because it's, Cause it's got a little the, different on both, yeah. Yeah, because it's got in the middle post, it's got the uh, the part that's sitting on the floor, and so it sticks Correct. out a little bit further, so it could hit that as well. Linda, is there anything in the rule book that addresses that specifically? Yes, section twelve on other rules, twelve J five. So you got you've got the horizontal bar that goes across the entire width of the net, and then you've got that center base with the feet that, and the premise is that center base is also sticking out into a playable area. Mm-hmm. The horizontal bar is not okay. So if the ball hits the horizontal bar or the center base before going over the net, it's a fault. The ball has to clear the net first. So if the ball goes over the net, then hits the horizontal bar, the ball is still in play. Okay. If it goes over the net, then hits the center base or gets caught between the net and the horizontal bar before touching the court, it's a let and must be replayed. Aha. Okay, so let's clarify now. If I'm I'm hitting the ball and yep. the, the bar is on my side of the net, if I hit and say I hit the ball so low that it hits the bar, but it hits the top of the bar, and then it bounces off of that bar and goes over the net, the point's over. It's no good. Yep. Okay. Now, clear the net first. Okay. Must clear the net first. Think that way. Okay. So now if I'm receiving the ball, and the ball comes over the net, it just barely makes it over the net, and then it drops down and it hits the green bar, which is still on my side of the court, that is still a playable ball? If it goes over the net, then hits the horizontal bar, then the ball is still in play. Okay. So And hitting that bar does not count as striking the court surface. That doesn't count as a bounce. I don't have to pick it up. It can, it can hit the bar, then hit the floor, and then that's my one bounce, and then I can go in and, and I can hit it off that bounce. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. And in the middle section, that base that's on the, uh, the middle pole, if it hits that base, then that is a let and the point must be replayed. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. 12J5. Linda? Yeah. It made all the sense to me when you said it has to clear the net first. Yep. That, that really just 
made it all clear. It's just like, oh, now it totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. Welcome. What about you, Kathy? Any uh, rule situations that come up frequently when you're playing? No, because I don't keep track of rules and I don't keep track of score. <laughs> I have a, a, a short story I'll share with you. There's a, a man here in Boise. His name is John. And John can't remember the score either, just like I can't. Uh-huh. And so someone told him, John, don't cry and keep score. It's too much work for the rest of us. So <laughs> I just I just play and I let everyone else take care of that. I know that's terrible, but I'll go retrieve balls. How's that? And you guys argue the, the rules. And good for you. Yeah, that's, I think that's a good policy to have. Boy, some people can really, really get uh, persnickety about the rules, especially in a tournament. Well, that's a good point because there is a rule, Section 4 under service rules, if the wrong score gets called by either the player or the referee... You have to be very careful about how you stop play, to how you question that the wrong score that's being called because um, there's a YouTube video that I send out to players who are interested in refereeing just specifically about this. Say the referee calls the wrong score. You can only stop play before that return of serve gets done. So if you hear it, You've got to stop play. You cannot return the serve. If you return the serve and then stop play, you will have committed a fault. Oh, okay. Section 4I4. Because I saw this in, in a Tournament of Champions video, um, the finals with Miller and Major versus Hidachko Jurgens, and that the player did that in the finals. It was 10-9. The receiver thought that the ref called the wrong score and halted play after the return of serve. He was incorrect. The referee said, fault. The game went to the server. Wow. So that was 11-9. They lost the game as a result of that, huh? Yeah. So you're saying that if you think the, the wrong score has been called, you can stop the point even after the ball has been served, but as soon as that ball touches the return team's paddle, then that point is ongoing and, and your option to stop the point and question the score is gone. Correct. You, you just play on, and then once the play stops, then you can talk to the ref about it and then sort it. Ah, mm-hmm. Okay. But you cannot stop the point once the return team, the ball has touched their paddle, you cannot stop until the end of the point. Yeah. Now, one thing uh, that happens every now and then, especially if you're playing with people who put a lot of spin on the ball, uh, a lot of people come from maybe a ping pong background or a racquetball background, and they like a lot of wrist action. And every now and then I've seen somebody hit one that uh, will go over the net. It'll just barely go over the net. And it's got so much spin on it, so much backspin that it will bounce on the other side of the net, and then it'll come and it'll come and bounce back to their side. There's been some question as to you know what the proper call is on that, and uh, boy, you're so handy with that rule book, Linda. Uh, you just uh, seem to know instantly uh, where to go to find the uh, the little discrepancies here. What uh, what does it have to say regarding that kind of uh, event? Okay, so the player that hit the ball with backspin and it bounced 
Mm-hmm. Let's say I hit it. Uh, maybe I ac- even, and sometimes it happens by accident. You you hit one and it it's got a lot of spin on it just because you got it off the edge of your paddle. And but you're fortunate enough, it just barely goes over. So I hit one. It's got a bunch of spin. Just goes over the net. Lands in the kitchen and the backspin, the bounce on it, uh, forces it to bounce once. And without the team ever touching the ball, it bounces once and it comes back over on my side. Uh, is that good for me or is it bad for me? It's good for you. You get the point if the other team does not touch it. The other team would have to touch that ball um, before it bounces on your side of the court. And they have to touch that ball without touching the net or the post. With their paddle. They cannot touch the net or the post with their paddle? Or their body. Oh, or their body too. Okay. Yep. That was a new one on me a while back. I stepped in uh, and and I hit and I caught the edge of the net uh, with my paddle and somebody said, oh, no, point's over. And uh, I wasn't aware of that uh, when I had first started playing. I know in volleyball, it's that way. If you spike it and you touch the net, you pretty much have to call net on yourself. But it's that way in pickleball too. It is. I'm not sure who calls it though. I know the referee's got to watch for that, but... In the kitchen, everyone can call the kitchen line. So, But I'm not sure the book says who can call that. So it's really, again, up to us to rely on calling it etiquette to call it on ourselves even karma catches up with you and you don't want to you don't want to not call those things i think that it just makes for much better play if you go ahead and police yourself right ladies what other rules questions have come up uh, recently do you have anything another scenario that maybe you don't see quite often carol but uh, when you do see it it causes some controversy either at a tournament or at your local club you know i can't think of any rules controversy but i do have a a suggestion for, um, and this is my own thoughts, for in or out balls, you know, how we're supposed to call it. And so many of the pickleball players are former tennis players, so they'll hold a finger up if it's out. Mm-hmm. But doing the, the inbounds takes two line, two hands. So my suggestion is thumbs up if it's a good ball and thumbs down if it's an out ball. So <laughs> I have always thought we should just do that. Thumbs. So if Thumbs, thumbs up, up if it's good and if thumbs it's down good, if it's thumb out. Downs if it's, it just takes one hand and mm-hmm. it's a universal sign. You don't have to be an ex-tennis player to know it because I'm like, okay, they, what, what does the finger mean? I mean, and it's, it's, all, it's never the bad finger. It's always just the, the <laughs> yeah. index finger. But I always thought it should be just thumbs up, great shot, thumbs down, your ball's out. Instead but, of, because sometimes you can't hear if they're running after the ball and away from you, uh-huh. you can't hear whether they say out or not. So that, that's my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Because, yeah, a lot of times I'm standing there. It's like, I don't know if it was in or out. And, uh, and yeah, like I said, they had their back turned to you. Uh, yeah. And so especially if you lob on them or something and they were going back sure. anyway. Sure. Uh, and you just stand there and uh, not knowing where you need to set up for the next point or even you know is the ball coming over to me or is it my serve or that kind of thing well but you could also come up with another invention carol you've got uh, so many inventions you could have like a little rubber hand that you you pull out and one more thing to carry yeah it's a rubber hand to be that extra hand for the end ball or something yeah instead of i got balls i got the finger yeah i've got fingers that's funny i got the finger My only question with a thumbs up or thumbs down is what if 
you're doing thumbs up or thumbs down to your partner. Is it good to the team that's calling the line on their side or is it yes, thumbs sir. up or thumbs down to the uh, other team? So there may be a little bit of ambiguity there. Mm -hmm. Instead sure. of pointing, you know, we teach our referees to do the hand signal point out in the direction where the ball is going as that visual hand signal and then yell the call immediately too. That's yeah. The, the mechanics we teach up here for referees. Now, another thing that uh, that has cropped up recently regarding uh, out or saying the word out, and Linda, I want to get your take on this. Some people are saying, I know when we talked to Wayne Mugley, he said he always tries to encourage people to not use the word out if they're communicating with their partner. Uh, say, you know, somebody, somebody lobs on your partner and you can tell that it's going to go out. He would much rather you say no rather than use the word out because out is sort of an official line call and no is more thought of as partner communication. Correct. Right. Um, that, but technically if the ball's on your side and it hasn't bounced yet and the player's yelling out, it's considered, that's why we have that rule where it's considered player communication. It's not a line call. So you do not, the other team does not think that it's a line call, that there's a specific rule about that. Until it bounces and then the word out becomes, takes on that line call meaning. Okay. And then, then, when, then since it's a line call, play stops. So, so what, if, what if, say, my, somebody lobs on my partner, yep. I'm trying to tell them not to hit it, so I'm going out, 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 yep. and then it bounces and it bounces in. It's it's a playable ball. It's still it's a live a ball. Ball. It's and that out that you said was just you're just communicating with your partner. It's not a line call. Play does not stop. Stop. Play on. But I have seen in tournaments, the other team gets. They've actually they stopped play because they thought it was a line call. But. Mm -hmm. um, that's the ruling, and then they got all upset. And that's well, that's and but that's part of what uh, I think Wayne Mugley was saying originally too was that it's kind of like if you're playing football and you hear a whistle blow, yeah. and uh, the other team thinks, "Oh, well, the play's over," and they relax. Yeah. And when you're talking about these five O players that can really rip the ball, you don't want to have two people on the other side unprepared for you know some kind of line drive shot that's yeah. that's coming their way yeah. and so they're they're either talking about maybe making a little bit of a rules modification to where if it if you yell out and it bounces in then that's too bad it's a dead ball um to try to force people to go over to no or bounce it uh, and and stop saying the word out just because there is a little bit of danger introduced into it if two people are relaxed and not expecting a uh, hard ball to come their way. Yep. I haven't heard that this talk of, of rules modification there. I just know what's in the rule book right now. Yeah, and as it stands now, uh, using the word out is okay. And if it's if you say out and it bounces in, it's still a playable ball. It's a live ball, and you continue the point. Yeah. Well, I think we've cleared up some questionable rules here or things that have come up. Maybe they don't come up all the time, but when they do, it could make the difference between a win and a loss. And it's always interesting. Uh, it's just amazing how many different scenarios there are and yeah. just little ways the ball can bounce and little things that can happen in a game. And uh, sometimes what's the old saying about uh, big doors swing on little hinges? <laughs> and sometimes a little bounce of the ball, you know, is the difference between uh, a win and a loss and could be the difference between a 
a gold or a, a silver or, you know, a, a championship. I'm glad that uh, we have people like you, Linda, that know the rules and uh, have quick access to that book and can enlighten us all. I just like rule books, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, they order. I and mean, we're it, happy it provides some order. Yeah, we are happy. It provides yeah. order in your life, you know, and a lot of times your life seems so chaotic and things don't make any sense and sometimes it seems upside down. It's nice to have a rule book and you think, boy, I wish the rest of life had a rule book like this that you could refer to no that's a 26 dash j i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) you can't do that but also just a plug we need more referees so feel free to volunteer refing it's not that hard and if you ever you don't need to know all the rules but um we just need more volunteer refs to step up and then if you're stuck on the court with a weird rule there's always someone there to help you because we're all in this together to have fun and to compete. Kathy Ghetto in Boise, Idaho. Carol Amos outside of Reno, Nevada. And the one and only Linda Einsiedler up in Portland, Maine. Ladies, thank you again. I enjoyed it. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you all. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks, Pickle On. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today as well. Hey, have you gotten your copy of the top 10 tips from Pickleball's three greatest coaches? Coach Mo, Deb Harrison, Prame Carnot, all together in one quick study guide that will definitely take your game to the next level. It's totally free. You don't need a credit card. All you need is an email address. Head over to freepbxclub.com and we'll send it to you right away. That's freepbxclub.com. You can email us anytime also. Mail at pickleballshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Question, comment, whatever you got. Also, head over to iTunes. Hit that subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. And if you feel it's appropriate, please leave us a five-star review. That helps boost us up in the rankings and makes it a lot easier for people to find the show. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.